Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We all know that Phase 1 deal with China has been in the news today. Well, so is USMCA and a variety of other talks. But it all kind of comes back to China and how these markets are reacting. We're going to get all the details today from Sue Martin. Sue is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And let's start out because... You would think the beans would have grabbed a hold of this phase one deal and ran with it. We saw some higher numbers, but it didn't go that high. No, it didn't. And I think part of that was the fact that um, last night, anybody who wanted to be long got long. And uh, in the meantime, um, you know, it's a Friday. You're in the month of December and it's holiday trade, so to speak. So it's kind of like a month where if you get money made, you take it, because if you don't, they'll take it back. Um, but on the same token, the market, um, it rallied, but it just didn't. Um, we closed in the upper portion of the range, but it just didn't have the full fireworks that you would have thought. And that could be because it was a Friday. Now, on corn, corn uh, trending averages are turning positive. And in the meantime, uh, I look at corn and I think, wow, we're sitting on top of a cluster of um, averages. It can be the 10-day, the 3-day, that 20-day. Um, we've got all these averages coming right in underneath the market. That should give us some pretty good support. Um, and you've got a lot of shorts in the corn market, so that could give that market a little more enthusiasm. But when you look back in October, and you look at how high the market got in October, for example, on soybeans, you would think that was on the talk of, of this phase one possibly getting done and the two presidents meeting in uh, Chile at the APEC meetings uh, about the 15th, 17th of November. And so you would have thought that the market, and, and it still can, try to go and take a look at that. Well, the high on March beans, of course, there's resistance around 940, but you would think we'd go back and look at that high of October because that was your fourth quarter high so far. And to be honest with you, if the market had feelings of being that positive on the talk then, now that we're getting some confirmation, it ought to be more enthusiastic. So as we come in here next week, it's going to be interesting to see how this market tries to unfold. And it looks like we have a little bit of a flag congestion and so that, too, projects your market at least up into the 937 to 940 area. But I can even get it pushed up closer towards the 960 level, too, on some projections, technically. What are your thoughts on the meal? I know we saw that trade anywhere from one to two higher. Well, you know, um, again, that was real quiet, and I was rather surprised. Uh, that is a market that's tended to try to push and so very very quiet soy meal closed up about 290 and you know you want that market to be dicey and dynamic but to be honest if china is importing they're probably more apt to import the beans and process them rather than you know import meal so to speak and then on wheat you know they may be buying some wheat i think the key is are they going to be buying ethanol and they're supposed to be buying some natural gas. They talked about natural gas, too. So, And natural gas was lower all day today. And natural gas looks extremely cheap. 
but I think in the scheme of it, um, I think the big surprise was probably how come the hog market didn't respond better? You know, the December contract, well, it's because anything, you know, that's going to be bought ahead is already been bought or it's going to be bought like after the turn of the year. And so the December expiring off the board today went off 52 lower at 60.47 on December hogs, but the cash index is at 59.72. So, you know, the market, uh, I think I kept hearing it from various clients just dismayed as to how poorly the hog market behaved. And that seems to be the one market that catches the public buying very quickly. And that might be another reason why it didn't run as well today, where the cattle market is loaded with shorts, has been ever since we put the V bottom in. And those hedgers have been caught horribly, and now the market's pushing out of this sideways range. As you look at what's been happening, and we'll dive more into the livestock side here in a bit, but looking at the grain, the concerns that's been there with getting this harvest done, I continue to hear rumblings from livestock producers that are worried about feedstuffs come, you know, late January, early February. I can understand that um, because of the fact that, okay, last year we were being told that we had such huge crops and it disappeared disappeared very quickly. And your basis levels pretty much implied that. And producers that hung on, you know, when they sold that crop, you know, the basis was just phenomenal and the eastern corn belt was extremely strong. Well, and even South Dakota, for the first time in years, had inverted basis by July 10th. So it's, you know, the trade, the, the uh, livestock producers a little apprehensive, worried that the uh, grain farmer did see how well the basis performed. You know, they filled their bins first. And they're going to be probably hanging on, trying to see if they can't get more basis improvement out of the crop this year. And then on top of it, now with the phase one deal and China buying, but again, we don't have all the particulars yet. And I think that's another reason why the market's today good, but just a tinge of apprehensive. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up. We're going to look at what's happening in South America with their crop, how the dollar and the real are all combining. And, of course, we'll dive more, that is, into what's been happening on the livestock side. A lot is more coming up. It's the Now Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Indeed. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin continues to join us as we head into part two. Let's look up. I guess before we even head south of the border, it looks like we're going to have some decent weather in the next couple of days. Sue, do you see uh, maybe some more cleanup deals going on for our harvest, adding to the pressure of this market? Well, I think that um, farmers are going to try to get, if they can, more work done but i think when you look at like north dakota the northern part of illinois michigan uh part of wisconsin northern minnesota even parts of south dakota i think farmers are about ready if they haven't been able to get the crop fully out i think they're about ready to just say okay we're going to wait till spring and do something now we are hearing that there could be an early spring this next year and if that be the case, the warmer, drier weather 
coming in is going to be maybe, I would have to say, a little negatively inclined to the marketplace because all of a sudden farmers remembering, they always remember the best what happened last. And this past spring, they're going to have memories of that. And if they get a chance to get in early and get stuff done, they're going to take every opportunity and do so. So I think that's going to carry over into the market and give us a little bit of a negative feel. And then with the attitude that, hey, crops going in earlier, easier, this usually portends in or implies a better yield or crops. And then I think um, also farmers love to plant corn. If they get a chance, we could even garner a few more acres, and that could weigh on the market too. So, But then you have the farmer holding. Well, what could be happening is you could have the prices drifting back down or dropping down, but the base is firming. And in the meantime, you know, it, we're not getting a whole lot more out of the market only the fact that the basis is trying to firm and be good and farmers need to watch their basis contracts they might want to take a look at doing basis contracts so at this point when you when you look at that information and know that we're going to probably wait till 2020 can we expect any sort of changes in these upcoming reports in january february as usda compiles all that data i think so um you know everything's been so late and, of course, I've heard this where the USDA will say, you know, um, you know, on the farm storage, you know, crops on the farm, they may intend to take any crops that are still in the field and include that in on the farm, which technically is true, but it's kind of like a, to me, it's sort of daffy because, you know, the crops sitting out in the field going through winter isn't going to hold up as good as everybody thinks. And there's going to be some crop yield losses. But the USDA has their way of doing things. And so it wouldn't shock me that they try to include that. Um, but, you know, we'll know when we see the harvest progress. Because coming into this week, we had 1.1 million acres yet left to harvest. And that's you take that times the yield they're talking about, boy, all of a sudden we could be nicking away at this carryout pretty easily. Dollar and the real. What are your thoughts? Are we going to remain kind of on the cheap side with the real and, and affecting our dollar trade? Well, the real has been down, and it's kind of tried to catch here and give a little bounce. And in the meantime, because the real's down and against the dollar, and the dollar's down today, 20.9 as I speak, but because it's done that, farmers in Brazil and Argentina too, but more so Brazilian farmers, are very aggressively selling uh, ahead their new crop beans. And it it's because they can garner $10 a bushel on those beans. And so they're selling ahead. They're also doing so on corn, but not quite to the tune that they seem to be in beans. And one thing we have to keep in mind is China and the European Union have devalued their currency in an effort to block the impact, impacts from the president you know, President Trump and his America first trade policy. So because of that, those currencies being pegged against the dollar, they've had to devalue their currency. The the resulting effect has been that the dollar has become stronger in value. And that's part of the reason why this dollar, every time you take a look at it, it's at 97. 
97 something, 98. It just continues to hold together. And so, you know, when you um, have the IMF, they're looking at, you know, the fact that they're blaming President Trump because of the strong economy and the forces that international competition has to deal with to devalue their currency to stay competitive. Happening uh, around the world, but especially in China and the European Union. Well, our number is one eight hundred five two seven zero zero five one, and y'all have a great day. And hopefully, we come in Sunday night and Monday and see green across the board again. We'll definitely take it. Commodity futures and options involve some substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That is your Fontenelle final bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Pick it up as a podcast through ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe. It's a Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.